Well, glory. Well, I want to share with you today. <clears throat> Wasn't it last couple of weeks ago, I was making that turn right there. Walk, I walk every morning for about 30 minutes. And I said, in light of the exchange, Lord, I said, what can I say? I heard just as clear these two words. Thank you. When you fully understand the exchange, all that's left to say is thank you. Because it takes you plumb out of the picture and it puts it totally on looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. <clears throat> well, that's what I was going to preach. <clears throat> and he said, but there's still some people here that don't fully understand exchange. So guess what we're going to do today? I'm going to go by it scripture by scripture and we're going to go through the exchange. Now, he just told me this yesterday. So y'all, I don't know. So I want to go through this. So if, if you want to know how to take someone through the exchange, I'll give you line upon line, precept upon precept, so you can do that. So let's start in 2 Corinthians. Father, thank you for your word. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, verse 4, <clears throat> In whom the God of this world hath blinded. That word blind means veiled. How many of you know about the veil? He has veiled the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine, who through the image of God should shine to them. The God of this world owns your old mind, will, and emotion. That's why you need an exchange. Your soul is the part of you that your mind, will, and emotion. Now, we've been real good in the church to get people born again and have a new spirit. Give me an amen. amen. <clears throat> but this mind, will, and emotion has been shipwrecked in most of the church. Because he's blinded the minds because when you receive Jesus Christ, you get a new mind, you get a new will, you get a new motion, you get a new soul, you get a new spirit. And your body is quickened by the Holy Ghost. You get all of it. But he blinds you and you're destroyed for lack of what? You don't know what you got. We call that identity theft. He steals your true identity so you don't know who you are. But we see that he's blinds you. And I've seen for all these years, especially since we started preaching exchange, the minute we start talking about it, you'll see in Janice seen it ministering to, a veil will come over the people that you're ministering to. They start yawning, they get sleep, sometimes they even fall in the floor. And one guy said, I can't hear a word you're saying. It's demonic. It's demonic. He hates this message because he, he can't stop you from getting born again. But if he can keep you living in all those rejections and those hurts and those soul, that old soulish issue, if he can keep you into that, you're ineffective for the kingdom. But the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. This is the, the gospel he's talking about. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Now, I want to go to 2 Corinthians here because I want to show you something. I brought my computer. Say, thank God for computers. Because Rod told me to be sure and tell him where I'm going. Okay, Rod, we're going to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, how much has become new? That means spirit, soul, and body. Your body is quickened. Okay are passed away, all things become new. Because 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24 says, The God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming. But that word means appearing at the unveiling of Christ. 
Because when Christ is preached, the veil is taken away. Faithful is he who called you, who will also do it. He's already done it. Okay? Okay. So he's already done it, your whole spirit, soul, and body. So this goes on here in verse 18, says, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us. That word reconciled comes from the word katalasso. Katalasso? Katalasso. Okay, these Greek words. And it means to change mutually. But the real meaning goes to this word. And it says, I saw this one day. It says, And all things are of God who has exchanged us to himself by Jesus Christ and then has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, which is the word exchange, if you look it up in the Greek. The word is exchange. Say, I'm a minister of exchange. Old things are passed away and everything has become new. I have a new mind, new spirit, new soul. And my body's been quickened. That's what ministry you have. And then you look at this. That's when I saw that word there exchange, bolt of lightning went off in me. Because the struggle was through. Because it wasn't about me trying to change. You see the sign? Change doesn't work. Exchange does. You'll never be able to change because God designed it that way. Now look in verse 19, uh, verse 20. And then we'll go to 21. Now then, we are ambassadors. Say, I'm an ambassador for Christ, though God did beseech you. And we pray in Christ's stead, be you exchanged to God. You got it? Now look at this one. For he hath made him Christ. God made Christ. Now that word made there, it means God put sin upon him. Jesus took our sins. Did you catch it? It says, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made. That word made's a different made. That word made to, means to come into existence. Catch that. To come into existence. He made us come into existence through the exchange. Jesus took our sins to exchange us into the very righteousness of God. You can't get more righteous than that, can you? All right. Romans chapter 5. Let me go to Romans chapter 5. I want you to see here too. Okay. Is this Okay. If you're a minister of this, don't you think you need to understand what you got? Amen. Romans 5.10. Okay. Says, for if when we were enemies, we were exchanged. That's word reconciled. We were exchanged to God by the death of his son. We were exchanged. Being exchanged, we shall be saved by his life. And not so only, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the word atonement there. In the Greek is the same word exchange. We have received the exchange. Say exchange. In the Old Testament, the word atonement was to cover. In the New Testament, it's exchange. God doesn't cover it. He takes it away. And you're a new creation. Remember Isaiah 43, verse 18, the King James says, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. And it's going to spring forth. Won't you even notice it? And your footnote will take you to this very verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I do a new thing. What? A new creation. Everything is brand new. You got it? It's an original thing that he does for us. It's all brand new. Okay? You got that? All right. We see here in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 18 says, We all beholding as in a mirror 
the glass, the glory of the Lord, are being exchanged, transformed. It's that word metamorphosis. We've been being exchanged into his very image, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're beholding the mirror, looking into him. We'll be changed, exchanged into that same image, even as by how? The Spirit of the Lord. Okay? John 12, 23 and 24. They came to Jesus and said, Sir, we would see Jesus. Jesus said, Except the kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. He that saveth his soul will lose it. Change is trying to save your soul. That's what religion does. I spent a lot of years trying to change my mind, will, and my emotion. Has everybody else, anybody else been out there? Are you out there? Did you have any luck? I didn't. No. He said, if you try to change your old soul, you'll lose it. But if you'll just lose it, you'll get a new one. That's exchange. That's what he was saying. And then he said, if any man come after him, let him follow me. And then the verse 27 of that says this. Now is my soul exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. What was happening there? Jesus, first time in his life, he started taking upon his mind, will, and emotion all of our junk. All of our junk. And his soul was agitated. Right? Okay. Then we see over in the garden, when Jesus was in the garden, Matthew 26, I think it is, back and back there. He says, now is my soul exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. What was it? Even unto death. So we got your mind, your will, and emotion in the garden is where Jesus paid the price for you to exchange your old soul for a new soul. Now, to this day, I've never heard a message preached on the garden for your soul. Has anybody else heard that message preached anywhere? I knew I wouldn't see no hands because I haven't to this day. And guess why? Because the God of this world veils the minds so you can't see that he's given you a new soul. You know, when Jesus said in John 10, the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Remember, I said Zoe life. Zoe is that word life. In the Greek, it says soul life. Suke zoza. That's soul life. I've come, abundant life is new soul life. New mind, will, and emotion. That's why he came. The thief comes to steal that from you so you don't understand what you got. He's done a good job. And that's what this is all about. A new soul life. He gives it to you. Now, if you want to, you'll see that. And he showed me that. Let's go to Isaiah 53. Now, Kent got me my new Isaiah 53 in the Passion. And I saw something. I don't know if Kent saw it. <clears throat> but here, this is what he said. Now, I called John the other, like, was it last week or something? And uh, let's, let me get over here in Isaiah 53 in the computer Bible. Okay. Hallelujah. You getting this? Because yeah. you're an ambassador of this. You need to know how to do this. If somebody, you, you lead them to the Lord, they need to be exchanged, not just a new spirit. I want more than just going to heaven when I die. How about you? 
Okay. In verse 9, in Isaiah 53, he said, it made, He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. I, when I read that, I heard deaths in his deaths. Okay. Adam was created in the image of God. Spirit, soul, and body. Okay? So when Jesus died, he died three deaths. Now, that word in the Hebrew, I told John, he looked it up for me, but we couldn't get anywhere. But I looked at the footnote in my own Bible, and it says the Hebrew word for this word death is plural. It's deaths. And, and guess what? In this one he says, Ooh. He says in the past, little Hebrew is with the rich in his deaths, plural. Got it? When he died, he died spirit, soul, and body. Isaiah 53 is an account of spirit, soul, and body. Okay. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to crush him. Word bruise means to crush. He hath made him sick, is what that word griefs is. When he shall make, there it is again. God made his soul an offering for what? Sin. God shall see his seed. Say, that's me. And will prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Now, God shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By his, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. God will see the travail of his soul. Who can tell me when God saw the travail of Jesus' soul? Three times in the garden he said, Now is my soul exceedingly sorrowful. Even unto death. If it be possible, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, so, but yours be done. Okay? Three times. So we realize that so. And it says he sweat as it were what? Great drops of blood. Well, guess what the passion says here? You're going to like this. He says the word knowledge comes from the Hebrew root word to sweat. He sweat as it were what? Now, what did God say to Adam? In the sweat of your brow will you do what you do because you fail. When he sweat, he was taking the works out of this thing for us. No more sweat. The priest wasn't allowed to wear anything that made him sweat. He took by his sweat. Oh, come on now. God. By his sweat shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. All right, verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors and bare the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He poured out his soul unto death. He literally, his soul died in the garden. And angels came and endutimized him, strengthened him for the rest he had to do. Then he went to the whipping post. By his stripes were what? Hung on a cross. Why? For our transgressions. Three deaths. So what? So we died three times. Adam died, spirit, soul, and body. Therefore, we need to be redeemed, spirit, soul, and body. I was telling the God, 2 Corinthians 5.14 says... That we judge this, if one died for all, then all died. Well, my Bible, the King James Version, Eric, 
says we were all dead. See, we were already dead in trespasses and sins. You get it? We were already dead. We couldn't die if we were already dead. But what Jesus did when he went on the cross and died, he took our death. He entered into our death. He took our death with him. So when he was buried, we could take his life with him. Exchange. That's why we preach exchange. And then he, then he goes on when he said this. <clears throat> you remember now, now, this is important, but also in Ezekiel, and I don't have time to look at all of them. Yeah, we do. Give me Ezekiel eleven nineteen. King James. Sorry, Eric. He told me to tell him. Look at that. I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within you, and I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Did you see that one, one heart? Say, so we got one heart. Which one is it? Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And God saw the thoughts and intents of their hearts, and he said, I, It grieves me that I made man. So he brought a flood to take them all away. Okay? So th- there's a heart issue. It's deceitful and desperately wicked. So God doesn't change your heart. He exchanges your heart. He gives, say, I got a new heart. heart. He paid for a new heart. Okay, look with me also in Ezekiel 18, 31 and 32. Let's look at that. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you are transgressed, and make you, say, a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Give me the next verse. For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live. Turn yourself. Get a new heart. And he gives it to you. You know, even uh, Saul, King Saul, when, when he was anointed as king, it says that when he turned away, God turned him into another man and gave him another heart. But what happened? He went back to the old one. He started out right, but he went back to the old heart. Jealousy and all that. No evil spirits come up on him. And, and that's when Daniel, Daniel said, I mean, not Daniel, but where am I going? Uh, David. Maybe it's not important. Huh? I was thinking about another one. Oh, well. Give me, give me Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Next verse. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And then Jeremiah 24, 7. Give me that one. Let's start in 24, 6. Jeremiah 24, 6. I will set my eyes upon you for good, and I will bring them to their land, and I will build them and not pull them down, and I will plant them and not pluck them up, Jeremiah 24. And I will give them a heart to know me, that I am a Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, and they shall return, that word unto is into in the Hebrew, they'll return into me with their whole heart. That's what we got. How many of you like exchange? Forget change. Exchange is a whole lot better, and it works a whole lot better. Amen? Now, that's the basics of it. Huh? 
Now, what are we going to do with it? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Now, I want to come against the God of this world that blinds your minds. Now, Satan, I come against you in the name of Jesus. I take away that veil in the name of Jesus. In Christ Jesus, the veil is taken away. I command that veil to be lifted off their minds because we have the mind of who? Christ. Okay. For in Christ, that veil is taken away. And I bind you and I command you to loose every brain in this building in the name of Jesus. We command the brain to, to straighten up and think right. Now we'll lead you in a prayer. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for saving me. You died on the cross for me to have a new spirit at the whipping post. You took your, uh, that beating so I could be healed. But Lord Jesus, in the garden, you took all my rejections, my griefs, my sorrows, and you took them on yourself. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the exchange so I can have a new mind, new will, new emotion. And you already have given it to me. And also, Lord, you've given me a new heart. You've taken away that stony heart. And you've given me a heart of flesh. And you're my God. And I'm your child. And from this day on, I'm not going back. I'm not going to old thinking. I'm not going to remember the former things. I'm not going to consider the things of old. Because I'm a new creature. Amen. I've received the exchange. Now all I can say is what? Thank you. Belly, belly. That's good. Thank you, Lord. Say thank you, Lord. There's nothing left for you to do but believe what he's done for you. That's it. So next week, I'm going to talk about being thankful. And I got a lot to say about it. But I want you to understand the foundation of why we're thankful. I'm telling you, it's so awesome. All you can say. Now listen, let me read you something. I know I'm getting through early, but I smell chili cooking in there with mashed potatoes. The day I walked around this, Janice said to me at home, she gave me this book. She said, now Mike's preaching this week. You don't have to study. You can read that book. I said, okay. So when I got through walking, when I heard that word, thank you, I started reading this book. And by the way, I finished it for lunch. But listen to what I read. <clears throat> this guy's name is what? Charlie Schwamp. Champ? Champ. Champ. And he says, when I first started seeing signs and wonders in my ministry, I was actually seeing very little happen. I was so hungry for more. Is anybody out there hungry for more? I was sitting with Joshua Mills one day. Now, this was the young man that was in the Bible school at Bill Johnson's. God would come by and pick him up out of class and take him to China and all these other places while he was in class. And, and then he'd be back before class was over. But they went to China and went to all these home groups and all this stuff happening. And he'd get letters back from them. Thank you for coming. <laughs> this was a regular basis with him. He'd just go on trips with the Lord all the time. Come on now. He says, one day I was sitting with Josh Mills, and he gave me the key to unlocking. He said, 
Do you want to know what the key to seeing more miracles, signs, and wonders are? Be thankful. It revolutionized my life. I began to thank God for the little things. I would see and suddenly God would give me more. Gratitude became an entryway for increase. Let me say that again. Gratitude was an entryway for increase. Wonders and signs started manifesting in a tune of gemstones showing up in meetings. Would y'all like a few gemstones? Okay. Come on. Belly, belly. Belly, belly. Says, I will never forget February 28, 2016. It was a life-changing moment that taught me much about the realm of thankfulness. As I stood to minister, I suddenly went into a trance. The room disappeared, and the heavens opened. I began to peer into the heavens when I saw a crystal bowl filled with golden oil. I watched in awe as it was beginning to be poured out like rain. I could see the golden raindrops falling from heaven onto the earth. I shouted to the congregation what I was witnessing. It's raining, golden rain is falling. The vision finished, and I was back in the meeting and began to thank God for what he'd shown me. I asked for the ushers to line up across, to line the people up across the building. My wife and I began to pray. As we went down the line together, the power of God was increasing, increasing as we was touching individuals. I reached one woman in particular. As I placed my hands upon her, we could feel the lightning of God shoot through her body. She began shaking violently. The usher was unprepared for such a powerful manifestation and missed her and didn't catch her. She slammed against the floor. As she hit the floor, something came flying out of her mouth. I thought, oh, my God, did she just lose a tooth? I walked over. See, aren't you glad these guys are real? Yeah. I walked over to, to see what had happened with her missing tooth, only to discover that it was a three-carat carinary diamond in the shape of a raindrop. I picked it up, and I was stunned at what I was looking at. And, and I, as I touched it, it was very soft. I said, Lord, what is this? He said, son, you're touching something that has just started manifesting out of the unseen. And, as it, and has not yet solidified. Be thankful and gentle with it as you're witnessing this holy thing. As I held it in my hand and continued to pray, it hardened and became and began to shine. It was a total manifestation of the signs and wonders that came from being thankful. Thankfulness became a way from my heart to honor God for what he was given. As a result, more began to open up because my heart began was proved before God. The same principle applies to the diminished of sin. As your heart responds with gratitude for what you see, the Lord begins to pour more and more into your life. How many of you like kids that thank you for all you do for them? How many of you like kids that take it for granted and think you owe them everything? Not so much. See, is God any different? You know, if we could fully understand and see the fullness of God that he's given to us, you couldn't help but be thankful. Remember what he said to the woman? She that's forgiven much loves much. She was washing his feet with her hair, with tears from her eyes, and drying them with her hair. See, I'm telling you, the key to this whole thing, of once you get the foundation of exchange, you can't say anything but thank you. Thank you. Now, Father, we thank you for this food. Woo, he blessed it. Lord, we ask you to bless this food. And make it good for us. And we thank you, Lord. I ask you to bless everybody here in the name of Jesus. Now I want you to remember from this day forward, you're not who you were. Amen. You wasn't before you prayed. You just didn't know it fully. 
But I want your eyes to be open that you can see who you really are, sons and daughters of God. Oh, I got goosebumps then. Belly, belly. Well, 